crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. For today's program, I'm down here in southern Israel overlooking the Israeli city of Elat with the Jordan city of Aqaba in the distance. And in between is the northernmost region of the Gulf of Aqaba of the Red Sea. Now I'm here overlooking the Red Sea because of a critical prophecy in your Bible that's being fulfilled right now. And you need to understand what it means for you and also your family. Now, for the past decade, Watch Jerusalem Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Gerald Flurry, has been tracking Iran's movements in the Red Sea, specifically watching for the fulfillment of a prophecy found in Daniel 11. Now, this prophecy is an important one. It's part of the longest continuous prophecy recorded in the Bible. It spans an epic 2,500 years, starting with ancient Persia and ending with the coming of the Messiah. Now, what most people don't understand about this prophecy is not only does it start with the ancient Persians, it also ends describing the actions of the modern Persians, the Iranians. Now, for Israelis, this is, of course, of prime importance. Iran is and has been the arch enemy of the Jewish state for decades. This is obvious since Iran sponsors Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, Gaza terrorists as well, uh, Iran sponsors. But did you know that Iran's powerful rise was prophesied in the Bible in Daniel chapter 11? And not only its prophesied rise, but the strategy that it would employ. And believe it or not, that final strategy that Iranians have has nothing to do with Gaza, has nothing to do with Hezbollah and Lebanon, but has everything to do with the Red Sea. And the events of the past week prove that beyond any doubt that Iran is moving on this strategy. So to set up today's program, I'm going to go direct to the prophecy. Daniel 11 verse 40 reads this way. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and overflow as he passes through. Now this verse describes a provocative push by one world power, it calls the king of the south, which motivates a forceful response by a stronger world power, the king of the north. And from this verse onwards in Daniel 11, we have a cascade of world events leading to the coming of the Messiah. Now, for over 30 years, Mr. Flurry has forecast that radical Islam led by Iran will fulfill the role of the prophesied king of the south, and that a 10-nation European bloc led by Germany is going to fulfill the role of the king of the north. And Based on that understanding of Daniel's prophecy and the King of the South being radical Islam led by Iran, Mr. Flurry was able to forecast numerous events. Numerous events. In 2001, he forecast that America would fail in Afghanistan. For 30 years, he's repeatedly warned that Iran, not Al-Qaeda, was the real head of the terrorist, sna- terrorist snake. In 1994, Mr. Flurry forecast that Iran would dominate Saddam Hussein's Iraq. When the United States invaded Iraq with over 100,000 troops in 2003, Mr. Flurry doubled down, saying that Iran would emerge as the victor in Iraq. In February 2015, he foretold that the Islamic State's demise in Iraq would allow Iran to dominate the nation through Shiite militias, and that's happened. 
Mr. Flurry also forecast in 1994 that Egypt would become part of the King of the South Alliance led by Iran. Now he based this on a statement in Daniel 11 verse 42 to 43, which says that the King of, North, King of the North, when it comes down to defeat Iran, is going to target the Egyptians at the same time. And because of that, Mr. Flurry prophesied that the Islamist movement, the Muslim Brotherhood, would likely rise up and dominate Egyptian politics. And this happened in 2011 with the election of the Muslim Brotherhood leader Mohamed Morsi as Egypt's president. He quickly began turning the nation towards Iran, and Morsi was soon ousted from power by Egyptian, uh, Egypt's current general, uh, Abdel Fattah Abdel, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. Um, but that's only providing temporary relief for Egypt. Now, three dec decades of accurate forecasting by Mr. Flurry about Iran's continued rise prove that Iran is this king of the south. And Iran's aggressive foreign policy will be the thing that pushes this world into world war. But in 2011, there was another element that was added to this prophecy. It was the critical understanding of what is happening right now in the Red Sea. Now, beginning in 2011, Mr. Flory wrote an article entitled, Libya and Ethiopia Reveal Iran's Military Strategy. Please understand, this was written before Libya's Gaddafi was removed from power. This was before the Arab Spring had removed Mubarak from power in Egypt and the Muslim Brotherhood rising up. This was before the Iranian-backed Houthis took over the capital of Yemen at the Red Sea's southern, uh, southern gateway. This was before all that. This was purely based off a reading of Daniel chapter 11. Mr. Flory wrote this. The whole scenario is explained in Daniel 11 verse 40 to 44. These verses reveal what is unfolding in the Middle East, Europe and Asia, the most critical prophecy of the next few years. Then he writes, quotes, But he, the king of the north, shall have power over the treasures of the gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and Ethiopians shall be at his steps. Why did God inspire the mentioning of Libya and Ethiopia? Every word in God's inspired Bible has significance. God placed two nations in the same verse as Egypt for a definite re reason. This verse states that Libya and Ethiopia are also going to be allied with Iran. Until now, I have not understood much about why the two nations of Libya and Ethiopia are mentioned in verse 43 along with Egypt. These two nations are the key that unlocks the strategy of radical Islam. That strategy is going to shake the US and Europe to their foundations. So you need to watch Libya and Ethiopia. They are about to fall under the heavy influence of Iran or control of Iran, the king of the south. That is why they are subdued in the king of the north with the king of the north's victory. That prophecy is easy to understand. The big question is this, do you believe your Bible? Now, as Mr. Flurry went on to write, the question then becomes, why would Iran ally with these nations, Libya and Ethiopia? Now, this is a long quote coming, but I want to double down on this because it shows you something very powerful. Before Iran conquered Yemen and started to actively trying to control the Red Sea passageway, Mr. Flurry said it would be their strategy to dominate this very trade route based purely on the authority of God's word. He wrote this. Why would Iran be so interested in getting some measure of control over Libya and Ethiopia? To me, the answer is intriguing. All you need to do is get a good map of the Middle East, with the emphasis on the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. Then you can see why the King of the South, or Radical Islam, is so interested in an alliance with or control over these two countries, as well as Egypt and Tunisia. They are on the two seas that comprise the most important trade route in the world. Whoever influences or controls Ethiopia will 
undoubtedly also control the small areas of Eritrea and Djibouti on the Red Sea coastline. These areas only recently became independent of Ethiopia. Also, I believe the Bible view is that these small areas are included as part of Ethiopia. Controlling the Suez Canal is not enough. Egypt tried that in 1956 when Britain, France and Israel kicked it out in one attack. But what if you have radical Islamic nations along this sea trade route with real air power including missiles? That could give Iran virtually control of the trade through those seas. Now look at that. For the past decade it's been our Bible based forecast that it would be Iran's strategy to control the Red Sea. And my question to you is, has that happened? Is Iran moving to control the Red Sea? Is Iran boldly implementing that strategy? Now over the past month there's been worldwide attention focused on the Red Sea and the importance it holds for global shipping. During the week of March, week of March 21st, shipping through the Red Sea was put to a halt because of a blockage in the Suez Canal of the ever-given supercontainer ship. Now this meant that almost 300 ships were stuck waiting either side of the Suez Canal, in the Red Sea or in the Mediterranean. Now almost $10 billion of trade were, per day were halted because one ship got stuck. Now roughly, on average, about 20,000 ships pass through the Red Sea every year. An average of 55 per day, going from the Indian Ocean to the Mediterranean or back again. This amounts to 15% of all global maritime trade, nearly 10% of global seaborne oil. Now, more specifically, almost all of the trade between Europe and Asia is seaborne and travels through the Red Sea, amounting to about $700 billion per year. And for one week, all that was stopped because one ship got stuck. Now, that was three weeks ago. But the main reason I'm down here at the Red Sea is to talk about what happened last week on Tuesday of this past week, it was first reported by the New York Times that Israel attacked the Iranian vessel, the Saviz. This vessel was just stationed north of the Bab el-Mandab, the southern choke point of the Red Sea, just off the coast of, of Yemen. Now, this was not a normal attack for many reasons. Firstly, it was done by Israel using a limpet mine, and this is a mine that's typically attached to the ship below the waterline by a diver which meant that an asset of the Jewish state was a thousand miles away from Eilat, putting this mine clandestinely on a ship and was able to flee as well. Now, this just wasn't any, other sh any ship as well, it was the Saviz. It's not a commercial vessel at all, even though the Iranians said it kind of was. Actually, it's a floating naval base for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps in the Red Sea. That's what it is. Officially, the Tasnim news agency the Iranian news agency linked to the IRGC said on Tuesday that the Saviz was there to support Iranian commandos sent on commercial vessel anti-piracy escort missions. But no one believes that for a moment. According to Ynet, Saviz was actually in the area to protect Iranian ships in the Red Sea and grant to fast-moving Revolutionary Guard commando boats the freedom of movement to carry out objectives in line with Tehran's interests. Now these boats are kept on board, these fast attack boats, Iranian commando boats. They're there on board the Saviz. There's pictures of them and video of them on there. Ynet continued, the vessel also acts as an intelligence-based monitoring Saudi vessels that are enforcing a maritime embargo on Iranian-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen, preventing humanitarian aid from reaching them. 
So this is an Iranian Revolutionary Army's forward operating base that's monitoring shipping through the Bab al-Mandab Strait at the southern point of the Red Sea. Now this Bab al-Mandab, the southern choke point of the Red Sea, is just as important as the Suez Canal, and Iran is completely aware of the strategic significance of this naval gate. On January 17th, 2015, Tasnim said this, quote, Today all the arteries of oil transport from Bab al-Mandab Strait to Suez Canal and the Strait of Hormuz are under Iranian control by means of Syria, Yemen, and Bahrain within range of Iranian missiles, end quote. So specifically, it was Iran's takeover of Yemen, and therefore the Bab al-Mandab, that alerted Mr. Flurry that Iran was in the midst of, of, of going after this strategy of the Red Sea. This is what Mr. Flurry wrote in 2015, quote, Houthi The Houthi takeover in Yemen proves that Iran is implementing a bold strategy to control the vital sea lane from the Indian Ocean to the Mediterranean Sea, end quote. This was at a time when most commentators were focused on the Houthi rebellion as an attempt to destabilize Iran's rival Saudi Arabia to the north, a land battle. But Mr. Flory saw that Iran's interest in the Houthi uprising was aimed at the vital strategic goal of dominating the southern Red Sea passage. And with this event last Tuesday by Israel attacking the Suez ship, the cover on Iran's strategy has been blown off completely. But there is one more element I want to discuss with you about this story, and it's somewhat surprising. This is the fact that the United States is actually endorsing Iran's takeover of the Red Sea. Now this might sound a bit like a bold claim, but considering the reporting of the Israeli attack, it's true. Consider that it was the United States government that leaked this story to the Israeli uh, to, of the Israeli attack to the press. Now, this isn't the first time that a story was leaked by the United States, the, the Biden-Obama administration, to the press about Israeli actions. On March 11th, they purposely leaked information to the Wall Street Journal, stating that 20, since 2019, Israel had targeted at least a dozen vessels bound for Syria, Iranian vessels. Now, that story came two weeks after Israel blamed Iran for attacking an Israeli-owned vessel in the Gulf of Oman. And just one day after, Iran claimed that Israel attacked another one of its ships in the eastern Mediterranean. These stories and the leaks were perfectly timed to provide context and excuses for Iran's attacks on Israeli ships. At the time, we wrote this. This article may look harmless on the surface. It's simply reporting facts. However, the fact it was a leak from Biden's weaponized intelligence agencies shows it's part of the narrative war against Israel. The intent of this leak was to equate Israel's actions with Iran's. The Biden administration wants to create the illusion that although Iran might be a state sponsor of terrorism, it's not unique in its attacks against other nations. In fact, Israel is acting the same way. The Biden administration claims that Iran is forced to behave the way it does because of the offensive actions of Israel and Saudi Arabia. Is it fair then? for the U.S. to sanction Iran while it gives Israel and Saudi Arabia a free pass. Then we said this. This was three or four weeks ago. This leak about Israeli attacks on Iranian ships is but the opening scene where America justifies empowering of Iran at the expense even of its main ally, the state of Israel. Now we said that was the opening scene. And now we have another leaked story from the Biden administration to the press. And look at the way that the New York Times reported it. 
Now remember, the purpose of these reports is to create the narrative that Israel and Iran are equally aggressive, that Iran is not uniquely evil, that they are just two adversaries that fight back and forth. And all the while, the United States and New York Times are providing cover for Iran's takeover of the Red Sea. This is the way it was reported in the New York Times. Quote, an Iranian military vessel was stationed in, stationed in the Red Sea was damaged by an apparent Israeli mine attack on Tuesday in an escalation of the shadowy naval skirmishing that has characterized the two adversaries' exchanges in recent years. The damage to the vessel, which Iranian media identified as the Saviz, came as progress was reported on the first day of talks to revive American participation in the 2015 nuclear agreement between Iran and major world powers. Israel which regards Iran as its most, most potent foe, strongly opposes a restoration of that agreement, which was abandoned by the Trump administration three years ago. Now, this is trying to imply that Israel was just acting to try and derail the talks, that it's Israel again being the aggressor. New York Times continued, several Iranian news outlets showed images of flames and smoke billowing from a stricken vessel in the Red Sea, but the full extent of the damage or any casualties was unclear. The Saviz, though technically classified as a cargo ship, was the first vessel deployed for military use that is known to have been attacked in the Israeli-Iranian skirmishes. This is not how an Israeli ally speaks, and not one too that cares about the freedom of movement of goods through the Red Sea choke point. It's spoken like an Iranian ally. So please recognize what's going on here in the Red Sea. We know from biblical prophecy it's Iran's strategy to control the Red Sea passageway from the Bab el-Mandab off the coast of Yemen and Djibouti to the Suez in Egypt and into the southern Mediterranean. And the United States has just leaked that for the past two years Israel has been attempting to subvert Iran's control of that passageway attacking numerous ships, the latest being the Saviz. Now this attack on the Saviz was not just a warning to Iran, it was also a warning from Israel to the United States. It was a sign to the United States that is the Israeli government knows what Biden is up to, to the point that Israel will be bold enough to strike an Iranian spy ship that has been in the Red Sea since 2017, and Israel strikes it on the very day that the United States begins to negotiate a new nuclear deal with Iran. Not a better deal, but most likely a worse deal that the, that gives the world state sponsor of terrorism more money to fund its revolution worldwide and to fund its takeover of the Red Sea. The United States is seeking to provide Iran with massive amounts of cash through the nuclear deal, just as Iran tries to take over the Red Sea. Now, will Israel succeed at putting a stop to it? Bible prophecy has an answer to that as well. In the short term, Israel may counter Iran's actions and may have the upper hand in terms of firepower, but the prophecy in Daniel indeed shows that Iran is going to get far stronger in controlling the Red Sea. But there are other world powers that are watching what's going on too. And according to Daniel's prophecy, it is a German-led Europe that will not stand for Iranian control over its vital supply lines to the south. As that prophecy in Daniel states, it is in part Iran's control over the Red Sea that motivates this massive and overwhelming European intervention into the Middle East to conquer the King of the South. Now, all these signs of war do not bode well for the Middle East in the short term. And indeed, it's not pleasurable for anyone to see 
the United States turn its back on Israel in support of the Iranian regime. However, there is great comfort in knowing that these events are prophesied in your Bible, and as such, they lead to the greatest of all events, the coming of the Messiah, a few, a few short years after this German-led response. Now, these were, these were prophecies that the prophet Daniel did not understand, but you can understand them. And not only can you understand them, you are witnessing them take place right now here on the Red Sea. Thank you very much for listening today. I strongly suggest you take time to request Mr. Flurry's book, The King of the South, which documents all these prophecies related to Iran's role in latter-day events in detail. And this booklet is free upon request at watchjerusalem.co.il.